So welcome to Book Rats, episode zero. This yeah. is the first, this, this is, is the eve of when we launch it, actually. It is, yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as we're done with this, we uh, uploaded to our new host, our podcasting right, host, host, which is actually pretty easy to use. A podcasting hive. A hive. The hive, yeah. <laughs> the hive mind. <laughs> Thus yeah. begins the hive mind is that that's yeah. like, she's not looking, she's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is Book Rats. I'm Alex Bennett. I'm Caroline Gorman. I'm Stephen Garcia. Caroline forgot her name for a second. Um, so this is episode zero, where we talk about what the podcast is and what we hope to get out of it. Yeah. So let's just go around and say before I get into that, what our not our background is, but like what we do for I guess like what we do for a living, so that way people know that we really are just average people that are reading these great works. You know, none of us have advanced degrees in any of this. <laughs> <laughs> we all have no more than a bachelor's. Well, that's no. not true. Excuse <laughs> you. Sorry. You're an attorney. We have an attorney president. I can't say that. We have a juris doctorate. We're just simple hayseeds. Just men of the people here. An attorney, a banker, an insured, <laughs> a couple of real estate tycoons. Yeah. Here to explain to you, Rubes, what, what to you lowly is. pheasants, to you lowly pheasants, you you uneducated swine, as to what these books are about. Yeah, should we should we describe ourselves? Or should we describe the thing itself first? Uh, let's do ourselves, and then that can lead us into the thing. Okay. So you want to know what and who we are in a couple of words just like yeah, real just, quick yeah. well not two but yeah in a couple of yeah, just just words. summarize your 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 style <laughs> my, my whole thing you, you, just your, do, your spiel your spiel, yeah, your spiel. Your oh stick. yeah my elevator pitch yeah, when oh, people yeah. ask me who i am because that's a thing that happens what is your link what is like your linkedin catch yeah my that, summary yeah your yeah. summary that people could say about you i'm a trial attorney in houston texas I obviously went to law school to get that, but before that... Learned that right now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But before that, I studied at St. John's College, which does a great books program. So I have read most of these works before, though not all of them. And St. John's also has a discussion-based format. There's no tests. There's a lot of essay writing. There's no lectures. There's no professors. You just sit around the table and discuss. And so that was about... Yeah, it was 10 years ago for me now. No, it's 2020. I graduated in 2011. It's almost 10 years ago. And mm. I was just looking to sort of recreate some of that with my friends and go back and read those books after some life experience. And yeah, so far it is a different experience to read those books again. I, uh, this is Alex. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, do not have an undergraduate degree in literature or anything. I'm currently... Uh, uh, trying to become a software engineer, currently studying at the University of Houston. Uh, but I did read some of these books in undergrad, like I just as kind of a hobby for fun. So it wasn't nearly as structured as the program Caroline went through, uh, but I very much enjoyed it. And yeah, it's kind of my, I know I have a patchy sort of knowledge about this stuff. I have zero knowledge about all this stuff. Um, I graduated with a degree in math, which 
sounds a lot more impressive than it really is. It's just a yeah, lot it's of, fucking not impressive at all. It's, <laughs> it's just it's just it's really just a bachelor's degree and just you know self loathing and tears. Um, Wait, that was my degree too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what philosophy degrees are too. <laughs> so it's uh, so I had no knowledge of these. Um, I mean, I knew of these books, but I didn't really know what the best way to approach them and how to read them. So moving into once I graduated school, I started getting into reading again, but I came across like this huge, like, you know, these are the hundred books you need to read before you die and all that stuff. And then it's like, well, you know, I know most of those books, and but I don't know how to understand half of those books because... Some of these are very philosophy-based, and, you know, I don't know how to read philosophy. And so, and then I remembered that Caroline read some of these books at the time, and I didn't realize that she read pretty much all these books. And I mean, that's literally the program. That was literally the program. The program. Is, we're going to have you read all of these books in the Western canon. <laughs> but it's pretty much what it was, and so I reached out to her, and I said, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing, like, a book club thing about this? Yeah. She was down for it, and then and her fucking hanger-on boyfriend <laughs> inserted himself into the process. <laughs> Somehow this tricycle works yeah. great. Like I don't know how it does, but it works. And so thought about it some more. And was like, yeah, that'd be a great book club. And then we just thought, well, you know, you could just push record and turn it into a podcast. Turn and so a podcast, yeah. Here we are, here day we before are. launch. Day before launch. Day before launch, and then we'll actually go once we stop pushing record. We'll don't tell this. them the date. Yeah, <laughs> just in case we don't actually case. produce don't tomorrow. Say, don't say the date. <laughs> <laughs> now we can always figure out a way to bleep it out. So, but on said date, we will officially go live with this thing. Yeah. So, uh, so do we want to talk about what we're? what the podcast is or you said you had a question no so that was my yeah so like the question is that like i reached out to her and it's like how do we read these books and, and i had so... some thoughts about that because to me the best way to read a book is to just get into it to not worry about what the experts think about it to not worry too much about the historical context or where it fits in with some intellectual history and just go for it read it and feel figure out first what your reaction to it is that's what i think is really valuable but part of that means that we don't we kind of agreed we don't want to do too much context like this isn't necessarily a book club or a book podcast that's about all these books and how they fit together in history and what they mean socially see my approach to it very much was the opposite of Caroline's was very historical. Like when I was going through, it was almost like a proxy for for actually learning about history. It was about these different books, and now doing some of these episodes of the podcast, I see the limits of that approach in terms of like being able to build your own interpretation and and because it puts you on pause in a way, right? You, you right. read the book, but if you're taking that approach, you also now have to read everything the author of the book read and all right. the scholarship about the book and a knowledge of the time frame. And, and yeah. if we're not experts, we're obviously. Not experts, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we still, the plan is to give a little bit of that historical context with each episode. We don't want it to right. be just like complete thrown into the, the water, but uh, yeah. And I agree. But I think the point is that we're not, 
that's certainly not our standard to yeah. give like a contextual account of this book or, you know, to be honest, and I think this is a little more extreme than what you two think. I don't give a crap about the authors. <laughs> like, I don't care what the author intended, even. I care what the book says. Right, yeah. And what that means for me. Yeah, and that's, I think, the best way to go about reading a book, regardless of what you think about the author's intent or whatever, because, I don't know, the, if, if you're reading too much in a scholarship about a particular book, then you're just reading other people's interpretations. You're not really, you're not really working that muscle. What muscle? The, of criticism and I don't know your own developing your own analysis and what do you think Stephen so I came into this you know pig pig ignorant about these books it was uh it was I came into it thinking that I had to know the context the full context of these books in order for me to fully understand what the author was trying to say and then I realized um that it's a fool's errand to do that because you lose, like how Alex said, you lose the ability to interpret the work how you see it. And when you when you start doing that, it creates a... you or, or if you just interpret the work by yourself and your reaction to it, it creates a better heuristic for yourself to remember the book. You internalize it better. You internalize it better. And it stays with you longer as opposed to, you know, just you regurgitating like what everyone else said and just turning into this encyclopedia, which is good in some instances, but you don't develop your own full opinion of it. You can't take away anything from these books. Yeah. And And you can't see how it applies to everyday life. Which, because they're great books... I think they do apply to every, you know, they've lasted through the centuries, in my opinion, for the reason that they are relevant. Hey, Caroline, what, what? What's, what are the great books? All of them. <laughs> do you want me to list them? No, no. Like, what it, What does it mean? What's the great books? I don't know what that word means. Who's the ignorant pig now? Yeah. <laughs> I know what it means, but like, for the purpose of the audience, what right. is... Well, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> Alex is like, she, he is not looking at me whatsoever right now. <laughs> so it's contentious, right? Yeah. My, the depth... Yes, it's hard to define. The, First of all, they're white. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're mostly men. Very mostly men. <laughs> very pasty white men. Yeah. I mean, so the whole... Oh my God, there's so much here we could get into. The definition of the canon or the idea of a western canon itself is actually pretty problematic and pretty recent and it includes a lot of things that were sort of in the 1950s defined as white like it would be news to either the ancient greeks or the greeks of even a hundred years ago that they were considered white right right yeah so like (laughs) sometimes these imperial projects have gotten bound up with the great books and categorizing them and sometimes it's been an exclusionary effort All that being said, and that's a very important conversation to have and what I still struggle with, I just really like some of these books. They're real good. (laughs) Not all of them. Yeah, they're real good. They're real good. They have survived for a reason. And I also think that if you want to criticize Western society, which certainly it needs plenty of it, Mm -hmm. I think it does help to know these ideas and know where we get some of the biases we have or how they've been justified over time or the inherent ways of thinking about things 
so I think it's useful in that way, but also I just really, really like some of them. They're really good. Yeah. yeah. They're really good books. And that's a, yeah, that's a tough conversation that we have often is that we're not here to solely espouse how great these white men were because we're not about that no. at all. Um, we do like, we, we do try to see or try to see what other authors were excluded from these uh, great works and like what books there, there, there's a reason why we're saying great <coughs> works and not uh, the great books because the great books is a pretty clearly decided list. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think that's a good distinction. It's yeah. a clearly decided list of books of authors who are content, who by and large are white men. Yeah. And that list was mostly created in the 1950s. Obviously, many of these authors have been read for centuries or even millennia, but the right. idea of the great books with a capital G and a capital B is a pretty recent idea. Yeah, like even the idea of getting a degree in literature, like it's like, oh, that's something you read because everyone reads it. Like the the sort of best analogy in the 19th century would be philology, which was like basically like study of ancient Greek and, and Roman on a very linguistic level. And then like after several years, you would get to the well, sort of literary quality of it. So it is, a, it is a, a anachronism to say that like the great books are modern, but can't, the notion of a canon is not modern. And that's no, actually yeah. not a Western thing either for people that don't know. A canon is just like a collection of works or, uh, it can even be said that there's like standards or something. It's a collection of something that's been highly standardized over time um, uh, that in, embodies some virtue. Uh, in the past, it was like aesthetic virtue. There's a notion that the, these this collection of Roman poems are, are the best poems. And they represent classical beauty. And over time, that has mutated into like, well, just everything from Europe that is good and and was responded to in its uh, own historical context, that's part of the great books. So there are like Chinese canons of literature, Indian canons of literature, uh, uh, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern canons, and we're going to cover those as well. We're not going to just limit ourselves to the great books, but the, the mentality behind great books programs and how they're run are something that we're, we're definitely influenced by. Yeah, yeah, what he said. Yeah. Another um, metaphor that I see get used a lot is that these books are in conversation with each other and have been since the time they were written. And normally when, you know, the Western canon tends to start with the Greeks about 2,500 years ago. Right. And so the idea is that you read those authors and then you read the authors that are responding to them and then the authors who are responding to those. And by doing that, you get a sense of the sort of the through threads and the ideas that come a lot up a lot and you see ideas transform and stuff like that. The problem with the metaphor of the conversation is that certain voices tend to get dropped or tend to not have even had a place at the table in the first place. Right. So we try to be aware of that. And certainly a book isn't good just because it was popular. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, unfortunately, given the lengths of time we're dealing with, it's kind of unlikely that we're going to find an unpopular work from the 12th century or 680 years. Right, so yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't have survived. Right. Right. So, yeah. but we know we have these limitations that the books have these limitations. Yeah. 
But we're also going to seek to, you know, we're not going about these works. You, you know, we're not starting with Plato, and then we're not moving. We're not. We're not even starting with Homer. We're not even. We're going not even in a starting with the epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> yeah, we're not even starting with. Yeah, we're we're not starting, and we're not doing this in a chronological order. We're not doing. We're not going to say we're studying this school of philosophy first. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to say that we're. You know, for this year, you know, we're you know epistemologists, and then for this next one, we're logicians. Yeah. You know, we're going, we're not magicians. I'm a street <laughs> magician. <laughs> I, try, I, I try to uh, disprove your logical fallacies while hitting on 15 year olds. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that I got it. What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I feel like that's, that's our most social media. Yeah, well, that's a street magician. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a street magician. Uh, all right, fucking cut all, all of this bullshit. Uh, but so, so why why aren't we going chronologically or logically in any way? So, for my answer, I think Caroline feels somewhat the same way. Is that if we do that, it feels like work. We started this podcast as an effort to as an effort to actually have fun reading these books and you lose that if you're doing them in order you're doing that if you're saying oh i gotta read this and then this and then this if you treat it as a checklist if you treat it as something that you have to scratch off your list it doesn't you get that sense of accomplishment but you don't get that sense of enjoyment and that sense of enjoyment is really what brings out the best discourse that we've had in some of the episodes that we have previously recorded and done as tester episodes. Yeah, because these get burned out, particularly with more difficult or longer works. And so the 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 motto is for everyone to to be able to enjoy these things at their own pace and speed and not feel like you're running through a syllabus, right? Uh, and because honestly, that's how most people who approached these books in history received them, right? They were recreational. They were something that you did for fun. You know, if in the past, if you, if you were reading most of the time, if you weren't memorizing declension tables in Latin, it was you were reading because you wanted to, because it was recreational, because it was entertainment, because it was something you, you did to enrich your life. It wasn't academic in the same way that it, I think it has become in a lot of ways. Sort of that the the great books are sort of double edged sword because in a lot of ways it's like here they are here's a concentration of all the we've sifted through it here's the the fifty books you need to read before you die but that makes it more tedious and repetitive than it needs to be. So we've been jumping around and we'll probably continue that just based on what we either know we like because one of us has read it or we think we'll like or what seems like. It's a continuation of a topic we were interested in, even if it jumps centuries and countries. Yeah, don't expect consistency is what we're getting at here. Yeah, this <laughs> podcast fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the other podcast thing is not good. <laughs> the other thing about, uh, just to continue on that, is there's a famous Latin American uh, poet, writer, I can't remember. The first time, just like a Latin American, like Roman, like ancient Roman American. <laughs> um, it's Jorge Luis Borges, 
Um, he's Argentinian. Yeah, he's Argentinian. He's Argentinian. But yeah. that's why I was like, I think he was. I think he was Argentinian. I was like, I was that, and then so I was like, but no, wait, he's Chilean. I was like, no, don't mess that up. Because yeah, you can't can, be wrong can, on this podcast. Uh, cannot be wrong on this podcast. Yeah. But he famously said that there's all of literature that's ever written is really just part of this one grand narrative. You know, that each book that you read is somehow connected to every other book that you read. So finding, for me, that's been my fun little intellectual exercise that whenever we read these books, it's to try to find a parallel in a book that we've already read previously and trying to see how that connects to what, what we're reading now. So if, even if the work has doesn't even seem like it's related, it's like, oh, but it kind of sounds like what, you know, if, you know, Rousseau was saying this, you know, then that's probably what, so what Socrates was saying, you know, during his trial or whatever. Yes, right. I did say yeah, Socrates. Developing yeah. <laughs> your own sort of personal narrative and connection of this stuff instead of just getting hemmed in by something. Which, which leads me to question the... For you, Stephen, because when we first started, I feel like you were very concerned about being wrong, either in what you were saying about a book or even what we ended up saying as a group. And I think you were very concerned that we would release a podcast and then someone would, you know, reveal that we had been wrong. Do you still feel that way? Is that a concern? Short answer is yes, but not nearly as much as it used to. What I mean by that is, you know, if we're supposed to be reading a book, you know, that's describing the color of blue, but all we see, all we're saying is like, oh, no, but, you know, they're saying red and there's, and we just focus on the red, you know, that like, they're talking about contrasts in the book, you know, between red and blue. The book is supposed to be about blue, but we're only focusing on like a red aspect of it. That's what bothered me. I think... How I got over that is how you said earlier that, you know, the way that you react to a book is what helps you remember that book better. And the way that we're able to not get lost in the contextual rabbit hole that's very easy to go under with all of these books that we're going to read. It really opened me up and it really like let me just let go of all of that anxiety of, you know, the, necessi the necessity to be academically correct. And now that that's not there anymore, it's it's much more freeing and it's a lot easier to talk about these books and be able to say, this is what I got out of that book. Instead of saying, this is what the book is saying, I'm now saying, this is what I'm getting out of the book. This is how I am seeing this. What do you guys think of that? And it's not like, I mean, every now and then, you know, we'll have some hard, like, that's, I completely disagree with what you're saying. But that's part of this process, though, is learning how to have a healthy discourse and also take something memorable that's applicable to everyday life for us. What about you, Alice? Even as someone that like knew a lot about the historical context of these books and had read a little bit of them in the past, this is such a good exercise to just be stuck with your own thoughts and think about the book in your own terms. You make it sound like a prison, but go on. Uh, <laughs> to be trapped in the book's world. We're not, we're not in Attica here, okay? Yeah. I personally enjoy it, yeah. but you know. 
It's uh, like birds fly over these books, okay? It's yeah. not like a prison where they see them like, fuck that, and they make a hard left yeah. turn. Yeah, as someone whose relationship to learning and, and knowledge is very commodified and, and harsh, uh, like the, the flashcard thing or the Pomodoro, I'm always coming, I'm, I always come up with these weird techniques to learn new things that are very, I don't know, fact oriented, that are very like, Cramming a bunch of knowledge and not really enjoying it, but but yet you do force it, yeah. yourself on force yourself to do it. It's it's been very gratifying to like read books and and be free to interpret and relate to them. I don't know on a personal level, yeah. So for me, like anyone, I don't like the thought that I'm wrong about something, but I'm also very aware that we're talking about these books in an hour and a half and you know like all like you guys said the point of reading these books is for me personally us personally to get something out of them uh i do think that it's it's best for the discussion if you support what you're saying you know if you point to a passage and say here's why i think this Mm -hmm. because then other people can engage with you better on it but any idea that there's what a book definitely definitively does say or doesn't say should say or even what the author meant i just don't care yeah yeah that's sort of the a good standard like to the extent that we're that our that your discussion or or relationship to the book should be constrained by anything it's just what does the book say can you support can you your support opinion it? or concern yeah because yeah. oftentimes people who to take an overly historical approach to it won't really do that much of a close reading or like the the over determine what it means before they even read it so that right. that sort of experience of reading the book for the first time and not knowing what anything is and, and and allowing yourself to to be in that the author's world for just a little bit is uh, uh something to strive for i think for me one thing that and alex is kind of going through this right now as well is you know graduating with a math degree you know, we're trained to read books, to read math books um, in particular. We're trained to read them in a very specific way and a very logical and analytical way where if the author says, and this is left up for the reader to prove, you're supposed to stop there and then you're supposed to, it's, it's, even though it's not written as a like a homework I problem. I fucking hate when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> when they're like, the, this proof, the rest of this proof, very simple. Not going going to talk about it. And Moving they, on. And then and QED and like QED. a little box right there. And it's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> now I have to actually work at this. So like, just to give you, like, I have like a intro to analysis. It's, it's important to this. I have an intro to analysis book or like one... I don't know why, but so I have a math book. Is it it's the Rudin or Rudin? Or no, it's, it's not maybe Rudin. It's the intro to analysis, the one before that. So some some use um, understanding analysis mm-hmm. by Stephen Abbott. It's a yellow book. So that book is about it's a good like 200, 250 pages, and it's a very it's very exposition heavy where he explains everything that he's thinking, which is amazing because you're like oh my god this is so readable and you're going through it and then i have another book which is about the exact same material covers the exact same things and it's probably maybe a hundred pages at most and it's just a lot of prove this to yourself prove this to yourself prove this to yourself 
it's exactly the exact same content, just condensed. And I feel like whenever we're, we're when when we are reading these philosophy books, I'm still I still have that readership training where it's like okay, I don't understand what they're saying. I have to go back and I have to try to reread what they're saying to fully understand what they're saying. And you have to end up at the same point. They I have do. to end up at the yeah. same point that they do, and that's something that I had to teach myself that you don't you don't need to do that, and um, it's. <laughs> Then we've been at this. It's fair to say we've been at this for don't over. Wait, don't tell them how long we've been at this. <laughs> <laughs> over <Wait>. some time. <laughs> it's just been a couple weekends. It's just been a couple, it's been a couple weekends. weekends you know, we just we together. just signed this up yeah. over yeah, some. We're still figuring this out. <laughs> yeah, uh, please forgive us and you know keep expectations real low. Yeah, <laughs> we hope you find our ignorance charming. Um, but that's something that I feel like it's going to take a long... It's getting easier now. But at first, it took a long time for me to just succumb to the confusion. Like, I don't know what this is. You know, and then going into these episodes saying, I don't know what this is. And that's pretty much how I I like to see myself as being a village idiot as well, approaching this. Because it leaves me... If I go into this with open curiosity... I feel like I'm able to learn more than just, you know, downright close-ended confusion. Yeah, certainly I would hope so. But I think you said something that's true about the works themselves. Sometimes they're not internally consistent, and sometimes there is confusion. Because as it turns out, it's really hard to come up with a, a perfect, infallible explanation of how people know or why, how they should live their lives or anything like that. Like, things right, have yeah. contradictions and lapses in them. Sometimes the author is aware of them, and sometimes the author isn't. Yeah, so the, it's, it's the, not a math proof. Yeah, the world is not orderly and rational. It's not the perfect, ideal plane of math. Yeah, sorry, you had to. You guys both have to slum it a little bit with yes. philosophy. <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's just a completely. It's, it's a 180. In terms of how you're supposed to think, and you and how, you I'm not going into this thinking, okay, this is the right solution. I'm going into this seeing what will my reaction be, and how does this affect me personally? You know, coming at this very emotion heavy as opposed to just going at this with a lot of logic. That's for me. That's a hard. That's a that's. A tough thing to wrap my rind, my my rind. My, my. This MF or said rind. The whole group chat is gonna roast him. Yeah. So I mean, it was just that it, it's it's an exercise into approaching this from a more emotional aspect as opposed to a very logical and analytical space. So, we have a closing question. Yeah, so I thought it might be nice if we just went around and said what we've enjoyed about this project that we've been continuing for an unstated amount of time. Uh, what have we enjoyed? I can start. I have really enjoyed just reading books that I had read before, but in a different way. You know, like, when I had read some of the stuff that, that we've read, you know, long in the past and undergrad i read it very mechanically and just like 
it was like something to consume. It was like I, I felt like I had to tick this box of, to be a well-rounded person, uh, which is the exact opposite of how you're supposed to. And so being able to just not only like approach it in a very personal way and whatever, but also to discover meaning through the conversation itself, not just reading it with this different mentality, but like sitting around and, and talking about it and discovering things that none of the three of us independently discovered. Yeah, I think I, is, I, that's one of my favorite things. The moment when, yeah. you know, one of you two points to a passage and you're like, but this means this. And it's like, you know, head yeah, explosion for me. Moment. and like, oh, and that connects to this. So I've loved that. And I've just loved reading these books as a, as a social activity that is shared between us. Yeah, it's great. And we have to negotiate and talk about how we're going to read them and which books to read next and what we're looking for. And I've actually enjoyed that whole meta conversation a right, lot, yeah. too. Yeah, in addition to enjoying the conversation yeah. about the that, books. That's a whole podcast, too, that we could do. It's just the meta conversations that we have and choosing and how we're reading these books. I don't think anyone would listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no one would listen to it. But I mean, like, I'm just saying you could have, you know, just entirely separate conversations in general. Just about how you go about choosing and reading these books if you're that much of a fucking nerd and if you want to go about that. Which we are. Which we are. Yeah. Right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But so for me, this really, it kind of woke up, you know, that whole inner child of me, how much I loved reading again. You know, I was trying to get back into reading last year and it took me... I've I've been trying for the past few years, and it wasn't until we started doing this that I was like, oh, yeah, I have all of these books, and now, instead of just looking at them, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to read those books again. It's like, no, I feel like I'm interested in reading these books and seeing not just with what we're doing with this project, but in general, and how we're reading these books, and seeing how much I love reading and how much I missed it. We even thought about buying an e-reader now. Like, yeah. God, I want wow. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what it sounds like we're all really enjoying this. So this has been Book Rats. Book Rats. Book Rats. Book Rats. Book rats. <laughs> <laughs>